Hello everybody, this is Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Mike Goldsworthy with us. An executive coach helps high capacity leaders build sustainability into their life and leadership so that they can enjoy both more. So without further delay, let's welcome Mike. Mike, welcome to the Hey, show. thanks so much. I'm so glad to get to be here. What an honor. Awesome. Mike, let's begin with your wonderful journey. Like, why did you choose this field and what exactly inspired you to become a coach? Yeah. Yeah. Some of it, I was thinking a bit about this. It's a good question. And it started for me quite a while ago, actually, when I was doing my graduate work, my master's degree, and I was leading in. So I'm vocationally, I was a pastor by trade and I was pastoring in a Christian, local Christian church for over 20 years. And I went to get my master's degree and I ended up getting it in leadership, but in a particular kind of leadership in what's called transformational leadership. And what I wasn't expecting was the model of transformational leadership, which really actually captured me, is to say that we're actually not driven by our results. It's not the responsibilities that you have. Leadership is not like oriented around those things. It's actually a first starts with your own relationship with yourself. It's your own sort of self-leadership, right? And then it flows into those things. It's not that your responsibilities don't matter, your role doesn't matter, your results don't matter, but it's almost uh, if you think of like a cup, filling up a cup and the over that overflows into the way that you show up in the world and the way that the results you're producing and all of that, but it all at its core starts with self-leadership, which became a really important thing for me. I would say in some ways it started there, beginning with recognizing like organizations will often focus on these external things, these sort of like tangible things because they're easiest, that's low-lying fruit. But that what I began to learn and began to realize and see play out was that uh, it's actually about the way the leader themselves are showing up, how secure they are within themselves, how insecure they are, how emotionally intelligent they are, how much actual like drive and passion they have, how much they're working in a way that is out of who they are and how much they're like actually trying to be somebody other than who they are, which a lot of leaders are, how much they're living out of their true self or projecting their false self and so all these sorts of things that in ways could be like a little bit ethereal or maybe they're not as tactile as saying, oh, I want to increase my output by 10x this year. That's a real tangible thing. But these intangible qualities actually would affect that output. So that really captured me when I worked on my master's degree about oh, 15 or 18 years ago. And then that began to work itself out when I was doing pastoral work with people in the church. But when I left that, I was leading a very large church. And so people, other pastors then began asking me if I would coach them. I didn't actually really even know what that meant. So I just kept hanging out with them and they would ask for my advice. And it was really more mentoring than coaching. And then I began to be asked by people outside of the church, began to be asked for other professionals, by C-suite leaders to do some of that work. And so then I started investing in like, I should understand this better, get trained in this, certified and do that sort of work. Yeah. And now you are mostly helping people uh, from like uh, big companies, CEOs, organizations, individuals. What kind of things, the options are available? You are helping people. Yeah. Uh, to use uh, what you used in my intro, I like to talk about high capacity leaders. And I feel like people will self-identify in that way. And meaning like they feel like they can do a lot of things and they feel like they always have the capacity to do more, try more. They tend to be people who have big ideas and who can handle a lot of different things working at once. It tends to be C-suite leaders. It tends to be 
nonprofit CEOs. Uh, but sometimes I'll have some parents who are stay-at-home caregivers for children, and they recognize that they have more to give than it's a really important thing that they're doing in their home, but they also have more to give than that. And they right. see themselves as high capacity. So I tend to work with folks who self-identify as high capacity. Like you are only into one-on-one -on -one coaching or you have other options like group coaching or any kind of online programs? Like if anybody wants to get coaching from you, sure. what kind of thing, what kind of options are available? Yeah. So the way that I show up right now is in three ways. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'll do like workshops. So group workshops where I'll show up and for two to four hours, usually do something like that. I do uh, intensives, two-day intensives, where we work through sort of people working through their life and how they show up and what their next, it could be next six months, 12 months, couple of years look like. And then I speak at events. So I'll show up and speak to large rooms around these kinds of topics. Awesome. So since you have a lot of experience in this field, what do you think, like, what are the most important qualities if anybody wants to be a successful coach that needs to this. Yeah, I think about a few things. It's a good question. I think like one is their own personal, like holistic health. If you want to be a good coach, like you have to show up in a way where like you are fully healthy. And I think about that in a few different ways. I think about like your heart, your emotions. Are you in a, are you like in an emotionally healthy place? I think about your relationships. Are you developing healthy relationships? I think about your community engagement. Do you only do things for yourselves or do you like actually care about others? And do you like, is your neighborhood better because you're in it? Is your city better because you're in it? Is the world better because you're in it and yet you're doing things that contribute in that sort of a way? Uh, I think about your body. So are you like actually caring about your physical body affects your emotions? It affects your thoughts. It affects. So I think about, are you showing up in healthy ways and in all of those things it's so significant that are you the kind of person that other people would want to become and that doesn't mean that like you're doing it all great but i know plenty of folks that are coaches that i'm like they might be really good at asking like really penetrating questions but if they're not showing up in a way that is the kind of person i want to be i don't want to let that's not where i want to invest my time and energy so i think like about showing up in that way I think I've got a question like why it is most matters are uh, like to show the way that you are talking about in order to in compared to asking up and really penetration questions and all because most of the coaches that tells that if you want to be a successful coach then you have to ask the right questions connect with the clients at their level and all and you are telling like something new something unique tell us a little bit about more about like why you are exactly telling you need to show up in that way, which your clients want to get in their life or looks in life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think other folks, we're talking about two different things that are both required skills, but I think one is more foundational than the other. Asking the right kinds of questions, being curious, all of that, those are above ground skills. And those are necessary skills for good coaching. But the stuff that's beneath the surface. So if you think of like the image of an iceberg, right? An iceberg, 90% of it is underwater. Yeah. 10% is above water. So the skills are the 10% that are above water. We, but we tend to overfocus on those and we miss the 90% that's underneath it. So if you personally are unhealthy as a coach, so you are, let's say you're really insecure within yourself. When you show up and you're asking these good skilled questions, they are coming out of an insecure place. And so you are often maybe like projecting 
onto the yeah. your coachee what you want from that like you are you need them to be successful in order for you to feel successful because you don't feel successful within yourself you right all that stuff that's underneath the surface ends up coming you could do the skills really well but it's going to show up in in ways that are not helpful to the person that you're coaching because it's actually more about you and your stuff yeah. than it is about them yeah basically it's like the looking if you are insecure or you have a lot of emotions within yourself mostly into the negative things going on so the negative things will also come out from you and you cannot understand your clients in a better way dig deep into their problems and all and connect with them and help them to achieve because you are into that kind of problem so you need fast coach then you'll be coach to that's, help that's right because that there's i know plenty of people who do this kind of work who don't have what we would call healthy self-differentiation right which means that when you and I are talking, if you, if I was coaching you, that I'm not codependent on you. So I don't need your success in order for me to feel successful. I'm not indifferent towards you where I, you do what you want and I don't care or whatever. I have healthy self-differentiation. I show up when my full self and I can be fully engaged with you here, but the, what, the things that you do and how you engage don't affect my personhood. So like that's the, for me, I think that's actually the healthiest way that you can coach is to show up with that. And if you haven't done that personal work, you're not, you're going to be short-lived as an effective coach. Correct, correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So Mike, like when he talks about the coaching, accountability is the also most important part. So how do you balance holding your clients accountable while also being compassionate and supportive? Yeah. One of the things I used to, so I've shifted in how I do this. I used to actually try to hold folks accountable and thought that was a part of my role. I thought that was a part of what they were paying me for. And one of the things that I learned is that I'm actually best when I trust them to have full agency as adults and my job, they're not a child, my job, they don't work for me. My job isn't to hold them accountable to the things that they've committed to. They made a commitment to it. And when they, if they haven't done those things, then we process together why they didn't do those things. And if they are somebody who needs to ask for accountability, I'll ask them like, in what way could you find that? And I'll often ask them to identify if they need a person to hold them accountable, to identify someone outside of me to do that. And I do that for a few reasons. One is that is that I want them to be adults who are owning their own agency and making those decisions. But the other is my goal as a coach is not to develop a dependency on me that people can only work well if they're doing stuff with me. My goal is that they move to a point where they're able to do this kind of work on their own. And then what happens long-term is not that I'm coaching them for five years, it's that maybe I coach them for six, nine, 12 months, and then maybe a year later they need to come back because they need another four months of work. But it's not like the hope is we are helping them to develop those skills within themselves so that they can be full, healthy adults on their own. And Mike, as you have been to, as, as you have been into this space more than like a lot of yours, I believe that you have like tons of your clients coaching success stories. So could you please share with us one or maybe two of sure. your clients coaching success story, like how it was and happened and that is also close to your heart also. So kind of bonded with emotionally. Yeah. So what my longest ongoing coaching client right now is a uh, CEO of a large regional nonprofit. And when she started working with me, she said, I love my work. 
but I go home drained every weekend. She said, I sleep all weekend long because I'm just so tired from it all. She said, I, I love the things that we do, but I don't love my working environment. I feel like when I'm doing the work that I'm just like drained personally, I'm not showing up as my best self. It was a lot of things like that. Felt she was pulled in a lot of directions by a lot of employees, felt like she wasn't ever able to give her best contribution to her work. She didn't feel seen and known by her board and for her and her personality. That mattered a lot. Not everybody needs to feel seen and known by their board, but she does. So we've over the last, I think we've been working together about nine months now. And over the last nine months, we slowly worked on helping her establish her agency on helping her identify what her needs are and how she shows up for those. We helped her to identify her boundaries and why she was violating those boundaries. It's one thing to set appropriate boundaries, especially for her with her employees. It's a different thing to understand, like, why am I violating those? Because if we can get to the more of the root cause of it, then we can, it's again, like that iceberg. If we can get to the stuff that's underneath the surface, the other stuff is easier to deal with. So we deal with that stuff. And just maybe about a month or so ago, I was asking her, I was like, hey, how would you describe the difference of what you're experiencing now in your work versus before? And she said, she goes, I feel lighter now. I feel more joy in my work. I feel like I have more life in it. She said, I enjoy my weekends more. Like I do things on the weekends that are life-giving. And it's not just like I go to sleep so that I can start working some more. I feel like I have a more robust life. And then I asked her, I said, if you're, because that all sounds like really good for you, but like, how does that affect your organization? So I said, if your board were to ask you, because the company pays for her to go through this coaching, said, if your board were to ask you, like, why is this money worth it for us? She just starts listing off. She goes, we've developed these, I think she said three or four new community partnerships that I only engaged in because now I have the capacity to do that. She goes, here's how many more kids we're helping now. Like she could start to point to tangible results and outcomes. But our focus has never been on the tangible results and outcomes, right? It's back to that original transformational leadership model. It's been on her, how she leads, how she shows up, what she needs to be a full whole person. And as she does that, she's able to start recognizing and drawing the lines between, oh, because I am showing up in a more sustainable way, here are the outcomes that have been true now for our organization. Yeah, that's been really fun. Yeah, that's really, really super interesting stories. And also as a coach, if you see that, your clients is getting results or they are uh, overcoming the problem or obstacles that they had and now they are living a happy life and now most importantly they are happy that always gives you a lot of motivations to help more and more people right it does right yeah and not only does it give you motivation as a coach like for them if you enjoy your work you're actually yeah. going to be more productive it is so much better for your organization if you show up in a way where you're whole and yeah, full of life, like you're just going to give so much more there too. And you're going to produce better things. Correct, correct, correct. And also everything has a ripple. Yes, 100%. You're right. Yeah. Okay, Mike, let's talk about some misconceptions that are revolving around coaching industry. So what are some common misconceptions about coaching that you have noticed till now? Yeah, I think you and I have hit on some of it already. And I think you've picked up on some of the way that I differentiate the work that I do versus maybe some other coaches. So I think the stuff, the sort of like outward tangible things matter, but I don't think that's the most important thing. So when somebody shows up and they're like, hey, what I want to do is I want to increase my income this year by 30%, I'll say that's really great. And I'll ask some more questions that are beneath the surface and be like, what's driving you for that? What's motivating you towards that? 
What are the reasons that that hasn't been true for you? And I am less interested in trying to help them figure out a strategy to increase 30%. And I'm more interested in, oh, what are those things that are beneath there that make you want that thing? And that's where I'm going to do my work. So I think for the kind of coaching I do, one of the misconceptions is that it's all this sort of like surface work that it's about, yeah, we got to figure out a better strategy to, to increase these things more about more productivity, more performance work like that. And I actually think those are outcomes. Those aren't drivers. And what we want to get to is we want to get to what are the drivers? What are the underlying things? So I think, yeah, that's a big deal. And I think even, especially for folks that are thinking about getting into coaching, one of the things that was really important shift for me to make is at just a real practical level is the way we think about finances and recognizing that like people will look at what they pay for coaching and they're used to paying hourly fees and they will think about it as an hourly fee. And you will think about it as an hourly fee. I'm charging X amount. Coaching isn't about the hourly work. It's about the outcome work. And that was a really, for me, significant shift that took me a while to make to realize, oh, people aren't paying me per hour. And and so when people, they're like, I don't feel comfortable paying you this much per hour. And I'll often say, that's great. I don't feel comfortable with you paying me that much per hour either. But that's not what we're, that's not what the work is. The work is about the kind of outcomes and is that worth these outcomes that we want to have or not. And also, Mike, uh, I just want to ask you, this is the most common questions that people ask us that how someone should differentiate whether the coach is genuine or the coach is doing the work in a correct ways or not. What are some traits or characteristics someone needs to look before they hire a coach? That's a really good question. Yeah, I think one, I think, yeah, especially if you're paying a lot of money for a coach, which a good coach is going to cost a bit of money. You want to get some references from who are some other people that they've coached. Do they have the kind of outcomes that you're looking for? And different coaches will show up in different kinds of ways. And so it might be the my coaching style isn't the right kind of coaching style for everyone. And so I think that's important. I think on when you have, yeah, every coach is going to do a free initial sort of like discovery call. And on that one, what kinds of things are they interested in? What kinds of questions are they asking you? And are they the kinds of things that you want to get into? Are they imposing themselves on you too much? So that a coach who is a, I think still learning their skill is imposing a lot more on the person being coached rather than being able to hear what they write and being able to pull out of them. So I think paying attention to that matters a lot. I think also maybe this is personal, but I think I'm so over the coaches that feel like hype men that feel like they are showing up with all this energy. And my, my question is, are they showing up authentically? Do they, maybe even in that initial thing, are they like revealing a bit of like their own failures or are they just like trying to sell you? If somebody's trying to sell me, I don't care. I think to me, the first coaching session that you're doing for free is not a sales call. It is actually you coaching that person. And what you figure out at the end of that is, do I want to keep doing this same thing? And yeah, so it's not, if it feels like a sales call to me, like that's so uninteresting, but if instead it feels, oh, I just got this thing and I want more of what I just had, like that feels worth it. Yeah. That's the most important thing. These are the things that people can consider whenever they are looking for a coach. And yeah, if you are a little bit smart people, you can easily find out like whether the person is selling you or whether the person is genuinely helping or wants to help you so that you will be in your position so that the relationship should be profitable from both of the side. Yeah, totally. It, yeah, it's like you are going to have a new relationship with other people, like other person. 
So you have to look out these things. Yes, that's true. It, it is a relationship and that matters a lot. Yeah, I just had a, a discovery call with a guy last week who just can't afford coaching, but he just wanted to check it out and to understand it better. And I really liked him a lot. And I will do a certain amount that I'll do at significantly reduced rates or sometimes even for like free or almost free, but I'm filled up on that right now. So I didn't have the capacity to do that for him. What I did was I actually, I gave him my cell phone number and I was like, Hey, I think what you're doing is great. I want to be helpful for you. I can't give you like the kind of time for coaching, but if you just want to text me every once in a while and ask a question, like I'm glad to do that. And I think like, that's not something I'm going to do for everybody, but I think that's the kind of posture that you want from a good coach is that they actually care about you and they care about you regardless of whether you are paying them or not. Like they, they do have a disposition for caring and you can't just fully give yourself away to everybody, but you can have a kind of posture that shows that like you do care about people. Mike, now you are writing your own autobiography and you are putting all of your life experiences, knowledge, all of your journeys and tired journey you are putting into your book, then how do you name it and why? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I like that. The phrase that I've been coming back to for a while, and it's actually what my organization's name is technically called, is Live Contrarian. That's what I call my book, Live Contrarian. And a contrarian is somebody who doesn't go with the normal flow. And that's just always been the way that like, life has made sense to me and my natural outlook has always been whatever I'm whatever it is that I'm doing and so whether it was pastoring for 20 years or whether it's coaching that if it's this is the normal way it's done like that doesn't typically work for me that I'm like okay what's is there a better way is there a different way and I tend to like feel like the things that I do will push against some sort of thing that is normative in that space and so whether that's even in my parenting in the way that I think about our finances and our home and in all of that, like live contrarian makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. So when can we expect your book? The live contrarian book will probably be a little while from now, but I've got some startings on it. I've got stuff oh, of, that's good. yeah, yeah. So I've got a, a kind of idea of what does a live contrarian life look like? And what's things like we pursue, we pursue values over goals. That goals aren't the most important things. Values are. When we have the right values, we will end up with the right kinds of goals, right? It's what's the right one to pursue. So it's things like that. Some of the things that we've talked about today. That's awesome. Tell us, Mike, what is the best possible way to reach out to you so that people can find you and get in touch? Yeah, thanks for asking that. So my website is mikegoldsworthy.com. That's Mike, G-O-L-D-S-W-O-R-T-H-Y.com. And then I'm M Goldsworthy on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn and all the places. Yeah, I would love to connect with folks. Guys, do make sure you follow my wonderful person with great personality and you can reach out to him according to your coaching needs. So that was today's episode of the Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Thank you, Mike, for being on the show. And it was an honor to visiting you today. Thank you so much. What a gift to get to be with you here. What a great thing that you've got going here. It was really just an honor for me to get to hang out with you today. Thanks again, Mike. So that's it. I'm your host, Sugrat, signing off. And you guys have a wonderful day. Please take care of your health. Bye, guys.